You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Fair Game podcast. I'm your host, Robert Smith. Today's guest is a whirling, twirling cowboy whose cowboy circus show delights audiences at fairs across America. He joins us today from Green Cove Springs, Florida, where he's currently entertaining at the Clay County Fair. Danny Grant, welcome to the show. Oh, appreciate it having me, Rob. This is a good time. We've been talking about this for a while now. Glad we got to make it work. Yep, finally got, uh, got some time to connect. So how's Clay County going for you? This fair has been jamming. Honestly, every single day, I believe, has been a record or at least close to a record. And the crowds are out. Like, they are ready to have some fun. You know, this is, I think, my third fair in the spring down here in Florida. And every one of them has been going well. And this is no different. Every person coming out here, they want to spend money. The vendors are happy. Clay County Fair, they got to be pretty happy after this. Yeah, this is my first time down here. Um, I'm not doing my show, but I'm helping Kyle Palmer with Max Power Robot. Um, it was nice to get out of New Mexico <laughs> and actually get, it was really cool to finally see the Ferris wheel lit up again. Like that, that was a really good moment. Um, but for you and I, you know, I, we were talking the other day out at the fair, we've connected over and over again at conventions, but I think this is the first time we've ever actually been on the fairgrounds together. First time kind of working together or at least adjacent to each other. And yeah. I mean, it's been great. I mean, you and I have been able to in between shows and sets, being able to chop it up and catch up and talk our baseball uh, rivalry being a Braves fan you're being a Mets fan and uh yeah well the Mets the Mets went ahead and and did to DeGrom what they always do to DeGrom he left with the lead and he and then he finished the game with a no decision because that's what the Mets do that's what they do well man listen it's great to have you on the show tell us about your Cowboy Circus yeah so Cowboy Circus is a interactive Cowboy show mainly for the kids but what it's great is I've turned it into where I have all these people come up and be volunteers and they help. And they range from little kids learning how to lasso and learning how to rope to at the end of my show. I have three dads come up and they have a hula hoop contest. And let's be real. None of these dads really know how to hula hoop. So it's just great. It's interactive. It's educational. And it's a cowboy show with a little bit of a circus twist. I can tell you having watched the show, anybody listening, when he says Let's be honest, the dads really don't know how to hula hoop. He is not lying. And <laughs> I think you maybe had one, one night where the dad showed up and kind of rocked it and everybody's like, wait a minute, he actually knows what he's doing. But all, uh, all the rest of the dads kind of look a little silly and then you, uh, you have some good fun with them. And, and I think it's just, it's a great show for a fairgrounds. I'm glad I finally got to see it. How'd you come up with the concept for the Cowboy Circus? So my folks have been in our business. They had a show when I was a little kid. And it was very, it was kid friendly. And it was, so it's all the stuff was kids were the stars of the show. And I learned that from a young age that no matter what you want the crowd to be the star, it's great right. if you, it's great if you're talented, it's great if you can do stuff. But if the audience walks away being like, oh, like cousin Billy was in the show and there's a picture of it, they're going to remember that more than you being really good at whatever show that you have. And so I started this, I want to say six years ago, and I came out and, you know, when you first start a show, you have no idea how everything goes. You don't know how fairs work. You don't really know all that. And the show has been a work in progress, but now it's, I've developed it where, you know, I start every show where I'm playing guitar and people are up here on stage. I want to get the crowd going. I right. want it. 
Cowboy Circus to be a party. And yeah. I want to be the biggest party at the fairgrounds. And that's how I want to say I kick everything off. And there's cowboy stuff. Like I said, there's roping. I'm demonstrating how to rope. And that's just the beginning of it. And then the rest of it is a circus show. And there's just something special about it when the crowd is the star. Yep. Yeah, it, it's a really terrific concept you've got going on. Um, the show Perfect. is has got everything from the kids to moms and dads. That, and that's one of the things I think for some entertainers like us that we struggle with is we constantly get pigeonholed as it's just for the kids. So we're going to put you in the kitty area. It's just the kids. Yep. <laughs> and then you have all like three-year-olds show up to your show and it's, yes, they can enjoy, but it, this is really an all ages show. It really is with what you've got going on. And, and I think it's terrific. I'm curious uh, what's a normal season pre COVID? What does a typical route for you look like throughout the year? So obviously COVID messed everything up for everyone. You know, yep. I'm not any different than a vendor. You know, my, some of my great friends are vendors that have pretzels and corn dogs and stuff like that. And, and they were hit just as much as our shows and the people that even at the main concerts, I was yep. talking to one of the road managers for a Nico moon last night who played at clay County and he was like, we haven't worked since, you know, March either. You yeah. know, they've done local bar shows and stuff. And so I've been lucky that Cowboy Circus is very popular in like rural areas and Florida is huge in ag. And so usually I'll do about three to four fairs in the springtime. And then I'm off usually in May. And that's when I go on vacation or, you know, get my moment of relaxation. And then July 1st is when I start. And I usually do about 10 fairs in the summer. So over those two and a half months, it's about, you know, every week or every week and a half, there's another show. And uh, yeah, everything was gone. You know, I was trying to like do taxes, you know, the other day <laughs> and filing for stuff. And it was so different because it was like, usually you have all these fairs giving a 1099. Right. And it, oh, now I have four of them, you know, instead of the typical 10 or 12 like that. So, you know, it's what everyone had to do. You know, the government had some good forms of assistance. We were lucky about that, that, you know. People were able to make it through and I'm smart with money. You save your money. And I mean, this year, I think every fair is going to have record years. People are ready to spend money. I think, uh, I think there could be um, the only thing that would hold that back in most cases, I think is if uh, a local jurisdiction says, you know, you're capped at 50% or 60% attendance, something like that. But yeah, I think we're going to see lots of people coming out and, and I think 22 as this thing really gets behind us, it gets even better. Um, you travel to a lot of places. You've been in the industry for a while. You got any funny stories along the way? I got some good ones. It's, uh, you know, my, my all-time favorite memory was West Virginia State Fair. It's a big fair in Lewisburg, West Virginia, pretty much middle of nowhere. But they spend a lot of money on concerts. And so I was excited because the lineup was amazing. It was like Alabama one night. Luke Combs was there for a free show because he was like just coming up and nice. then and then i hear the next year that he's like you know a 75 dollar ticket so getting <laughs> like getting getting the opportunity and, and and you know ingratiating yourself with fair boards where they're like yeah dude you can go run over and see the show for a little bit like you don't have to pay like those are amazing memories i mean how many people get to see whoever you want as a venue as a concert you know at yeah. all time but in my show, I have a strolling show aspect of it where I take a covered wagon 
and I have a steer and I pull it around the grounds and kids get to learn how to lasso the steer. And it's, it's a great way of just being like, Hey, come see the main state show. Well, right. one year I cut behind at West Virginia state fair. I cut behind the main stage just to like not have to go through the midway to get back to my set. And I'm pulling in this guy is just like maybe drinking a beer on like the grassy area behind the stage. And he's like, Oh, what's this? And no idea who it is. And I was like, Oh, I just teach kids how to lasso. He's like, all right, do you mind teaching me? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Set it all up. We're doing it. It's great. After a bit, like more people are coming out. They're all coming to hang out. Apparently that was the beginning of like where it was a bluegrass night at the fair. So I still have no idea who I'm like. And I have a picture now of me around like 15 people. They all have lassos. I'm teaching them how to do it. I'm like mid throw on it. And they're like, oh, like, are you ready for the shows tonight? And I was like, yeah, like, you know, I heard uh, old Crow Medicine show is like the headliner. And he's just like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, we're playing tonight. Like, and he's like, have you ever seen old Crow Medicine show? And I'm like, yeah, like I saw them one time, like back home in Texas. Great show, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, yeah, the lead singer was like, you know, just really engaging in the crowd. He's like, I yeah, where this is going, man. He's like, he's like, yeah, I've, I've heard that. Like they put on a jam and show. We've never had the chance to play with them. Well, after I teach them, they're like, Hey man, I thank you. And what I give away to people that try it is a boot beer koozie. And that's how I yeah. give to everyone tries it, the adults. And after a bit, he's like, Hey, thanks, man. I'm catch lead singer for old Crow medicine show. <laughs> It was so funny. You're and like so it, staring at them all. My bad that I didn't like, recognize you. <laughs> they were very great that the person who, you know, I had no idea, you know, right. and, and it was just so cool. And they were just so nice. And that really struck me. It's, they didn't have to try it. You know, they didn't have to be nice to me. And, and it was great. I have, I wish I'd gotten a picture like with them all, but I have a picture from the main stage of me, like roping everyone. Maybe I'll send that to you and, you can post it up or something, but it was, that's, that's my all time favorite memory. I'm like 24 years old, like getting to meet these people. It was really cool. That's awesome. That's one of the coolest things we get in this industry is all the little stories we get of little things that happen. And you, you just, there's certain things, you know, are going to happen in your show and as we're out performing, and then you get those little side things that are like, well, that was really cool. How long have you, you said you kind of grew up, your folks were in the industry. How long have you been actually entertaining in the industry? I mean, so pretty, you know, I was born in Texas, lived in Texas, but we were on the road all the time. Yeah. And so traveling. And so, you know, I would spend summers on tour, you know, traveling to fairs. And then I went to college and I wasn't going to do anything in show business. You know, when you're a kid, whatever you're kind of forced to do, you're going to do the opposite, whether it's your dad's a plumber and you're dragged along, you're not going to be a plumber anymore. And yeah, my turned, dad's a retired priest. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably you've gone a you've gone the complete opposite way there. I'd say, and <laughs> yes. So it turned into where I go to school, and my dad's like, "Well, what do you want to do?" And I'm like, "No idea. I love sports more than almost anything." So I was yeah. like, "Maybe I'll do sports or writing." And I graduate, and I have no idea, but I have a business degree, just a general business degree, and the. uh my dad's like, why don't you start doing like, you know, birthday parties or, you know, for nine-year-old little Jimmy's or something. He's like, he's like, you can at least make like 200 bucks, you know, a hundred bucks. And I was like, oh, I don't have a show. He's like, but you have these talent and you're personable. 
Like yes. people are my main talent. I fully recognize that I can walk up to any person and within three minutes, you know, I'm their friend. And, and I, I really love that. That's something that gets recognized that that's my biggest talent. And I think that's how going to a show, you want to feel comfortable with the act, yep. you know, that, that rapport that you build. And yeah, I started this doing like churches and schools and it was no show. It was more of like, welcome. I'm Danny Grant. I appreciate y'all having me here. And then it was 25 minutes of chaos. I had no <laughs> story behind it. And, you know, it's a work in progress. Every show, every day, you're trying to get better. Right. But I'd say on my own now, it's six years of building it up, building it up. And then, you know, this year I got trademarked for Cowboy Circus. You know, yep. it took 16 months for them probably to be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> and, and, but it came in and, and it's, that's almost like a level of affirmation. Like no one else can do a show called Cowboy Circus. You know, there's a bunch of cowboy shows. There's a bunch of circus shows. There's only like one or two others that even have thought of adding them together. So if you're listening to this, don't steal the rest of my ideas. And then it's, you know, this is now it's Cowboy Circus is mine and, and it's, I just got to keep making it better. So fairs love it even more. Well, you, you speak about making it better. And the next question I actually had for you, it's perfect timing on that. As entertainers, you know, we constantly are looking for ways to improve our show. So what's one thing that you'd like to do to improve the show you have now? What I have for my set is called the Cowboy Circus Corral. And it is a pen area of rocking horses. So kids that grew up, you know, or even the parents that remember, in the eighties going on a little red rider rocking horse, you know, I have those and it's the nostalgia and, you know, to make the show better, that has been one of my biggest hits because kids come over, they play. And then after 10 minutes, I'm like, it's showtime. You know, the, usually the kids aren't going to leave after that, you know, they're going right. to go sit on. And it's almost just, it's a free thing for the fairs that it's for kids that are too small to go on even the kitty rides. You know, you have to be like 36 inches tall, I think. So it's, you know, if you're a two-year-old or a three-year-old and the parents are there and it's just, it's safe. And that's why I came up with it. And then it just turned into, hey, the, nobody's leaving. I have a built-in crowd. So I think the way to improve the show is keep making that bigger, keep making that better where it's, you know, if a fair hires it, they're getting a show, a stroll and this corral for free, basically built in to one cost. And that's, right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you do a really good job with it. Um, I've really enjoyed watching it this week. Let's switch um, switch gears here real quick and talk briefly about 2020. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because we're we're moving on. We're in 21 now, but take us back to mid-March. Entire event industry goes off the rails. What's going through your mind is all of a sudden you start getting the phone calls and emails just the way the rest of us did. So whatever day, March 14 or 12, I think March 12 is when the NBA shut down. Yeah, and the remember, 11th was when Houston closed. And I remember watching like the Jazz game that night when like the when it was they pulled the player, they pulled like the center off the court because he had tested positive. And that was when like you couldn't get a test for COVID back then. Right. You know, that was but they they shut the game off. And it was such a scary moment because at that time I was at the Collier County Fair in Naples, Florida, and it had been eerie the whole week, week before. You know, people weren't sure. Nobody knew what this was. No one knew how this was going to go. And 
every day we had a meeting with the fair directors, like everyone, every act was there, every vendor was there. And they were like, we're going to stay open until, you know, we get forced to shut down or something like that. We're doing safe. I mean, they brought hundreds of like hand sanitizers out. You know, they were doing everything to keep it going. That Sunday, Disney World shut down. You can't be a county fair and stay open if Disney World shuts down. Especially in Florida. In Florida. And so it was, okay, let me pack up. I think I just sat on a beach for like two more days. I was already in Naples. and Might as well, man. Yeah, might as well. I already paid for the Airbnb. Like, still had to pay for it. And so it ended up being, let me, you know, reevaluate. I cleaned everything. I mean, every day that week, I had bleach, you know, I'm bleaching everything. And it's, you realize like how hard that is to actually sanitize everything that someone touches. Cause the second they touch it, it's unsanitized. Right. And, and so it turned into, let me just clean everything. And I brought it all back to my other house in West Palm beach. And so I just loaded it all up, left it in the trailer and you waited, you know, my, my, this was my next fair was Clay County fair last year. Yeah. And of course they cancel. And so it was, all right, they're done. Hopefully this will be done in three weeks. Everyone wear a mask for three weeks. Well, it turned into, you know, we're still having to wear masks and it's, I think I started getting the cancels for my July stuff in April where they're like, we just can't open, which I understood, but I was like hopeful because August is my month. You know, that's when almost every day, everyone in the business is getting to work. Yep. And I mean, it was in one week, you know, basically one week in, in May that I lost three months worth of work. And that point there was no assistance for anyone. And what are you going to do? Right. And one of my friends is a contractor. And so he's like, anytime you want to come out and swing hammers and make a hundred bucks, you know, building decks and docks and stuff like that. So I did that a couple of times and, you know, there I give the government a lot of credit for allowing the ease of taking out money with it because, you know, especially if you own a business, because I don't have employees, it's just me. But right. if you own employees, this was a scary moment yep. for, you know, that's where it makes it so lucky. I'm also not married, no kids. So it's, again, I have to come up with a mortgage for myself and make sure I can have food on my table. That's a lot less stress than a lot of other people, yourself included, you know? Yep. So it's, I'm fortunate in that aspect, you know, as fortunate as I was able to save some of the money beforehand, fortunate that the government had some loans available that are at 1% free money, basically, you know? And so it's just, that was that first moment is how do you get past it? And then am I, is ever, is the industry going to survive? I mean, what did you think of that? Well, that was, that was my thing. Um, I, I think like everybody else, it was, you know, by June, this will probably taper off. And then July, we might lose some July fares, but by August, we'll get going again. Um, and then it just, it never got going again. I had, I had one event last year, um, Abilene, Texas, which from the beginning, I knew that they would be the one that would be left standing because it's West Texas. You know how they are. I mean, you're from yep. Austin, you get that West Texas vibe over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a challenge all year going through it and it just the struggle for me was it felt like every time the cdc spoke or world health spoke they changed their mind on something and and not stuff that you would think they would change their mind on i understand we were learning a lot about the virus very early on but like when fauci said 
you don't want to wear masks because then you're going to just mess with your face and whatnot and it's going to increase transmission. And then like oh, three weeks later, it was like, everybody needs to wear a mask. It was like, and people said, well, the, the science changed. And I'm like, on masks? What study was done in the last three weeks? Scientific study that showed the science changed. No, it didn't change. He changed. That was a struggle for me. But, you know, at the end of the day, what are you going to do? You know, you, you do you do what you got to oh, do to keep your, keep your family safe. And, and um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad there were there. The government needed to put up some money there and make sure we kind of make it through this. I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. Maybe you and I were talking. I think it might have been you. Um, it's going to be interesting as we go to Florida F- Federation next month. And then as we, you know, get into the fall, the Rocky Mountain and IFE to see which um, which service members are still in business to see who really made it through. Cause I know there's already some, a few of them that I know are out. I've heard that. of sold, you know, a few that have been, you know, that's, and that's good. If you're able to sell, you know, that's, that means that the, the business is still going that right. someone out like, I want to join this, you know, that's, that's big. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's this year looks great. Everything that was for 2020, for everyone I've talked to seemingly just rolled into 2021. Yeah. You know, they weren't going to say, Oh, let's go for the most part. You know, I had one fair that was like, we can't afford anything. Like sure. we, you know, we didn't make that sponsor money because the local tractor company was doing great. Everyone doing their farm stuff was great, but it was, you know, if you had the, you know, a car dealership, you know, you don't have that cash on hand to just sponsor. Well, and, and that's a, that's another piece of the puzzle you bring up is how many of these fairs, um, you know, maybe 30% or 40% of their sponsorship money. It's not that those companies necessarily can't even afford it. They, those local companies may be out of business. They may be done. Yep. And now yep. they've got to go build new relationships and, and start the sponsor game all over again. It, it just, I spoke with uh, Dominic Palmieri on the show from RCS um, Foods. He's with Odyssey Foods. It's his company. He's a concessionaire out west. And his feeling is we really could be looking at like 20, 23 or 24 before this is all really back to normal. And that because there's so many little pieces like will the fairs be open? Probably 100 percent of the fairs open next year. Yeah, I think so. But they're not going to look like they did in 2019. Mm-hmm. It's still going to, cause you'd think about that, you know, well, what if those concessionaires were out of business or what if um, their budget's not back to normal or their sponsor, local sponsors aren't there. There's so many moving pieces to this puzzle. It's just going to take a few years to sort it all out. It's going to, you know, this year is a, we made it through, but we didn't make, we didn't have any money coming in. I mean, most fairs own their venue, I believe, which okay. means, which means that at least the ones that I do, they own their venue, which means they have to pay for electric and the grounds crew. They have to just pay them all year. Unless, sure. you know, unless, and so all those bills were still coming through, even though the money that they make to pay for it all is the fair, you know? Well, was, and in most cases, you may not realize probably 70% or so affairs in this country, the majority of their budget actually comes from non-fair rentals. So you know, for rentals at the yeah. expo hall, for the gun show, the boat show, all that kind of stuff. And for a lot of places, all of that was shut down. Oh. All of it. All of it. And Josh, Josh Woods from the greater Gulf state fair in mobile is a good friend of mine and a good friend of yours yep. and talking to him. And they have a great, they have a great exhibition hall. They yep. have a great ballroom and talking to him. And he's like, you know, they went on, you know, they, 
I give them a lot of credit for dealing with everything because they were one of the first fairs along with Pensacola Interstate Fair in Florida to go on in October and November. Yeah. And, you know, they're dealing with all the backlash and everything like that as being, oh, how could you possibly open during a pandemic? And yeah. they were lit. You know, Josh was such, gave such a good template for every fair going forward that, hey, you put a thousand hand sanitizers out, you space people out, you spread out your rides. You know, they worked with their ride company to put on a great show yep. and, it, and it worked. And right. And that know, may I, mean that instead of having, you know, 57 rides, they can only fit in 38 rides and they've got to yep. spread it a little more. But getting open, as long as they didn't lose money on the deal, then I think it's a good thing. There were a number of fairs that a couple of the fairs that canceled for me at the end of the year, like that late September, October, November their issue wasn't so much the pandemic. They would have been allowed to open, but they were modeling and going, we're going to lose a half million dollars if we open. And it's one of those, you can eat 75 to a hundred grand because you can make that up in a good year. Sure. It's you, you know, you're not going to make up a half million. And for so many of these fairs that are really on a shoestring budget, it's like that hit could put them out completely. So it's better to fold and, and come back another year. Um, I don't know how many, can afford to close two years in a row there. It's interesting. The fair managers I've talked to on the show on, on the show, they have this upbeat. Oh yeah. We're going to make it back. We're going to be good. When we talk for a few minutes afterwards, they're like, Robert, here's the deal. If we lose 21 also, we're probably done. Yep. So it's there. You got a lot of fairs that are right on the edge of whether or not they even make it back. So I'm very hopeful that, I was encouraged out in California that Disneyland is scheduled to open April 30th. I think at like 35% capacity or something like that. Um, the fact that California is finally letting the theme parks open should be a good sign, real good sign for the fairs. OC fair is scheduled. I'm, I'll be out there with Conjure Machine. Love that's it. really good because that's five weeks of my summer. And I don't know about you, but just like the fairs can't afford two years of cancellations, <laughs> I really can't either. I got to get back out there and get to work. Otherwise, you're going to be an Uber driver out there. Uh, Uber conjurer, right? I'll be like, here's your fortune card. <laughs> Here, drive. <laughs> yeah, I could. That would be cool, right? Just, you know, build the box into the into the Uber. I think you need um, to build rolling conjurer, but like conjurer is just on like four, like on a go. <laughs> like on a golf cart. Be like, hey, here we go. Yeah. Listen, um, as rough as things have been, what are some of the positive that some of the takeaways from the last year for you? I working on my working on myself, you know, making sure it's I'm healthy, that things that I'm able to do. And, you know, I rebuilt a lot of my house this year and wow. put up a fat, you know, working for this contractor friend of mine, you know, you, you just by osmosis, you get these skills, you know, you just learn about it. And so it's, I put in, you know, we put in a new well at the house. We put in a new fence at the house. You know, we've just done all these things that, you know, whenever we want to, you know, whenever I want to sell the house, there's, it's something like that there. But it was more of, you know, as, as bad of a work summer as I had, I kind of had the best summer. Like I live yeah. in Florida. I was on the boat a bunch. I did road trips. My trailer that I used for Cowboy Circus, I completely gutted it and rebuilt it and this whole summer, I just turned it into a camping mobile. You know, I was running around. There's no one there. Like, you can't it do anything. It sounds like you had a really rough time there, Danny. 
Right. <laughs> While the rest of us, the rest of us in the country, were literally locked down. Our governor goes on TV wagging her finger at us, saying, "If you go out, COVID will get you. It's waiting for you." And you here you are fishing, kicking back at the lake, like whatever. I mean, that was how you know Florida. That is the was- most Danny Grant thing of Danny yeah. Grant things. The reason we missed our podcast scheduled yesterday is because I was fishing. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. For those listening, we were scheduled to record yesterday, April the 7th at 10 a.m. <laughs> I message him, hey, I'm online when you're ready. And I get this call. Um, I actually am at the ramp and I'm just about to put my boat in the water. <laughs> I'm all, okay, we'll go tomorrow. <laughs> we did try and do it yesterday and it was a much better background. It was, uh, you know, sitting in an Adirondack chair a random chair that I found by the boat ramp and I turned it around and I'm the water's behind. Beautiful. It would have been a good vibe. We just didn't have a good signal. The audio was yeah. breaking up too much. You're so like, you're like, I can't hear you at all. I'm on, that's just not going to work. My audience needs to hear you. They, lo- they love Danny Grant. My prediction is this will be one of the two most popular shows of all of them because for anybody that knows being next to Danny Grant at a trade show, which I have been several times, is death for the people around him because all the fair people want to go talk to Danny Grant and then they ignore everybody else. Speaking of trade shows, speaking of trade shows, 2022 IFE announces they're going to Indianapolis. What do you think? It's going to be cold. It's uh, so, so I, you know, I usually spend my Thanksgivings in Texas already and then it's the conventions the next weekend. So it's been the last two years or three years has been really nice. I'm already in Texas. I drive 45 minutes and (laughs) now it's going to be interesting because it's, I got, it's a complete different idea on what I'm going to do. I think it's been, my trade shows have been successful because I bring props, you know, I bring stuff from the show. I build a set versus just buying, you know, the pop-up banner things and, you know, putting up a table behind it and going to Walmart, buying a TV, and then returning it after, like a lot of other fair shows do. Right. And uh, it's going to be interesting. I think Indianapolis is an amazing convention city. I think it's like the number one convention city in the country. So it'll just be interesting. Like, how is December one through four? I heard it's cold. <clears throat> the NFL Combine is there. And so I've been Googling, like, things to do during the NFL Combine, thinking that, okay, these are probably going to be there. There's a really good steakhouse. I think we should go join one night. But I'm all about the stake. Let's go for it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm excited for the idea of every year it's going to change. I hope Nashville is on the list. You know, I hope. Nashville's you know, a I, neat city. I, I've, only, yeah. I've only been through there a couple of times, but it's a really neat little city. I'm sure, um, my, you know, I had Renata the band on with, with uh, the Rolf kids. I'm guessing they would have a really, they'd be bummed if it was in Nashville where they actually live. Bummed, right? Dude, you can't even call him kids anymore. Colin's 21, 20, I think he's 22 now. You know, Adrian's like 19. Benny's like 16. He's driving now. It's That's crazy to me because I you remember the first time we had just brought, um, it was 2012 Florida Convention. The year prior, the idea for Conjure had been hatched. And then it was this was the first time that the actual box was at the convention. And I roll in to start loading in and, and Colin's sitting there, this young, I don't know, 14 year old, maybe 13, 14 year old at the time. He's sitting on a stool there while we're all kind of getting setting up and he sees me and he hops up and he goes, hi, uh, Colin, it's nice to meet you. And he puts his hand out to shake my hand. And I'm like, 
looking at this little dude like what? What, blonde kid. what little blonde teenage kid just hops up and shakes shakes an adult's hand like that? And uh, he, I have so much respect for that family. They're just amazing human beings. And and uh, I, I remember when we did the Sarasota County Fair, uh, and they were there, and I had Nate with me, and Nate and and Benny were like that. They were attached at the hip the whole time. Just great kids, fantastic. And and again, like you say, not not kids anymore. It's, I feel Benny, old, Danny. I feel ben, old. Benny's like six foot tall now. He's like towering over everyone else. <laughs> yes, I feel very old. And then here's the thing. The funny thing when I asked you the other day, I'm like, remind me how old you are again. And you're like, I just turned 30. And I'm like, you could have lied and said you were like 35 or so. I'm just, I'm, you know, 42 in June. And I'm, I, I, the years are catching up already. <laughs> More foam rolling. Totally. I need, I literally was in the back of Danny's trailer the other day. Like I need to use your foam roller. My back hurts. <laughs> I'm getting old, man. Listen, we're just about out of time. Really enjoyed having you on the show and chatting about the Cowboy Circus. Before we go, everyone who comes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. So I'm going to ask you six quick questions. You give me your best answer for each. Are you ready? Perfect. Ready to go. He doesn't even look afraid at all. Some of the people I say this to and they're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? <laughs> Let's ride. Question, I, deal, question. I deal with kids for a living, dude. Like right. this is easy. Question one, best concert you've ever attended? Um, Luke Combs, West Virginia State Fair, for free, which meant like no one knew who he was. So I was like six rows in. He shotgunned a beer on stage and then throws the beer can into the crowd. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> You're like, this is my guy right here. This is yeah. my kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> I, I know the answer to this next one, but I'm going to ask anyway. Are you a truck guy or a car guy? Oh, I mean, I do enjoy a good Prius, but no, I have a. F-250, eight-foot, diesel. Yep. yep. <laughs> yes, you're the diesel guy. Uh, you travel a lot. So when you do travel, name one item you absolutely must have with you. Oh, man. Especially while traveling, you got to have a cooler. That way you can cook yourself. You have some beers or after the show. Or it's uh, I just got a headset of Beats. My girlfriend bought me a set of Beats for uh, headphones for when I'm on a run or something. That's pretty sweet. Good headphones. There you go. Uh, you can have a guest role on any television show, past or present. Which show would you be on? Sons of Anarchy. I think I'd look good on a on a Harley. Yeah. You, we'll we'll have to figure that out one day. Well, somebody's <laughs> gonna. You'll show. You got to go get a picture at a Harley dealership and be like, "Yep, this is for me." <laughs> just, and just and sit, then, like, say that again. Just sit on one for Instagram. It's fake. It's okay. No, literally just buy one and then you got to buy a bigger trailer so that you can put throw the Harley in the back along with the Cowboy Circus show. Got and, it. and what you got to do is you got to get, you know, the leather vest they wear with like the brand on the back where it's like Cowboy Circus. It's I'm my patch. Oh, and, and then I can sell them for the show. It, 10%. I take 10% for that. Uh, question five, um, speaking of, of entertainment, if a movie was made about your life, which actor would play you? Oh, man, I mean, Brad Pitt's way too good looking, but uh, I would say Tom Cruise is too short. So uh, maybe, uh, man, I mean, you know, I was McConaughey. Go with McConaughey. <laughs> hey, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> it would be pretty amazing. Yeah, that Green, would be cool. Green light. Got to read that book. That book is awesome. His autobiography. Yeah. Awesome. I'll check mm -hmm. it out. Last question. First celebrity crush. 
Oh, Jennifer Aniston, then and now. Totally. I get you on that one. Danny Linton, it's been great having you on the program. Where can people learn more about the Cowboy Circus Show? I post everything on my social media, so Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and it's at Cowboy Circus. And then website is thecowboycircus.com. Hope to see y'all. Perfect. Danny Grant, Cowboy Circus. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on the show. Rob, thanks, Bubba. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.